clinical disclaimer. This podcast is focused on education and entertainment. While we love to help and teach, it is not meant to be used as a replacement for clinical services. If you are experiencing significant relationship issues or major concerns in your sexual, physical, or mental health, please seek the services of a professional provider near you. Welcome to the University of Pleasure, where we have sexual conversation to help build a happier nation. Dr. Tara Jansen, <laughs> licensed psychologist and certified sex therapist. Clearly, she couldn't brief, remember. <laughs> and I briefly lost track of who I am because uh, I've been a little stressed. <laughs> <laughs> I was just sitting here looking at you like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And we're back, folks. Here at the University of Pleasure, we hope that we can bring you a little bit of pleasure in this wild times. We know that uh, Thanksgiving is coming up, and we would like to say that we are thankful to all of our listeners. Would you agree with that, Doc? Yes. (laughs) Yes, I would. Yes, you would. As you heard in our opening, the Doc is under a little bit of stress right now. Um, But I got to be honest, she's bringing so much, just so many, helping so many people that I I'm in awe of you, Doc. It's just the truth. Well, thank you. Although, you know, there are people out there, I would say, that are doing a lot more difficult stuff than I'm doing right now. So I think everyone's doing their best to try to get through. I agree. Well, I am grateful for all that you do. I'm grateful for the pleasure that you bring to so many, and I'm thankful to have you as my friend. And so let's move into what we're doing this week. It's new. It's different. It's changed. I'm excited. I'm excited. Hot or Not, Volume 1, Reviewing America's Most Classic, Not-So-Classic, and Controversial Erotica. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Erotica reviews. Big time. I'm so jazzed. I know you're jazzed, and I could tell you were saying how jazzed you were, even though it sounded like you were falling asleep when you said, I'm so jazzed. Like that, that you really meant like, I'm so jazzed. But listen, I know yeah. you only have so much energy to expend in this podcast. So look here, folks. Excited about this because we have our own correspondent. We did a nationwide search for a correspondent for the University of Pleasure. And it just so happened to be one of my best friends. <laughs> I don't know how it's crazy. I mean, he made it all the I way know. to the end. Totally unbiased. You know, no nepotism. No nepotism there. Not, not at all. here at the University of Pleasure. No way, shape, or form. With our, you know, with our expansive budget, <laughs> <laughs> we still found someone so close to home. Crazy. Crazy that he made it through the rigorous interview process. Yeah. I'm really excited about it, and I'm excited for you all to meet him. His name is Gregory Walzak, and he is going to be our field consultant. Now, because of a global pandemic, we can't send him out to actually interview people, which is our plan for down the line. So until then, we have come up with a topic within a topic, and that is Greg Reviews Straight Erotica. Doc, are you ready for this review? Because I think it's going to be interesting. I am really excited. Do you want to talk about what we're, review- what we're reviewing? That's or wait, prob- should we talk about our wait? We should talk about erotica first, like what that is. Yeah, give a little explanation about erotica. Then we're going to talk about the book that I definitely didn't read in preparation for this. Continue. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, yeah, uh, you know, I I think a lot of people don't really always know what the word erotica means. I think sometimes it's uh, associated with pornography, which you know it can be, right? Like, so think of erotica more like an umbrella term, right? Erotica really just means any type of material or stimulus, right? That's something you find 
sexually stimulating or erotic in some kind of way. So that could be like, you know, visual, like things that people might consider to be like pornography, right? Like that could be books, that could be imagery in different ways, art, right? So there's a lot of music really, right? There's a lot of different things that could be considered erotica. And so we chose that just because I think it's a lot more expansive. You know, I I do think that when people hear erotica a lot, they do think of books, but it really is an expansive term because, you know, when when we talk about like erotica, you know, that has such a different definition to different people, right? Because what one person finds sexy might not be another person's sexy, right? So somebody can, you know, look at a certain type of imagery that really is hot and turns them on and be like, wow, this is like erotic to me. And another person can look at it and be like, that's benign. Like that does nothing for me. It's neutral, right? Right. Like, totally. <laughs> it's salt. It's saltine crackers, you know? Yep. So I think that erotica just really speaks this idea that like, it's really more about the person to decide if it's erotica to them or not. Right. Yeah. A whole hundred percent with you on all of those things. Tomato, tomato, apples to oranges, all that jazz when it comes to erotica. You just never know. People like what they like and that my other person might not like what they like. It doesn't matter. I think your explanation was better than mine. The book <laughs> that we are reviewing today. Dun, dun, dun. Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. yeah. real. We're right on top of it. Real timely. Yeah, real timely. <laughs> Nine years late to the party. Missed the three movies. Um, yeah. I mean, our reviews aren't tied down by things like, you know, time, immediacy, relevance. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a show about current events, okay? <laughs> well, I, no, you know, I, here's, here's the, the real deal, though, okay? This book was like a phenomenon, all right? And, you know, it's probably one of the top-selling, if not the top-selling, because, of course, I did less than no research of I did erotica books. I think it is, it is the top-selling. <laughs> okay, there we go. So I'm totally within my right to say top-selling erotica book of all time. So I think it's a great place to start. And there were a lot of things in this book, not that I read it, because make it very clear, I'm not a big reader, um, yes, that it's were your, a little it's controversial. Your it's, it's your preparation for these podcasts that really makes them just shine in the we way prep, that they do. We prep differently. There's a different way of prepping. Okay. I don't, I didn't need to deep dive into the book to read the back flap. You know what I'm saying? So I get the gist. <laughs> I watched the trailers of the movies. It's all good. I can ask the questions. So I really got, I really got just what was an amazing insight into probably what was your high school academic experience. <laughs> <laughs> it's true it's totally true <laughs> you know what and that's all right because Thank you. not everybody learns in the same way that's right <laughs> i learned differently so we're excited that greg is going to come on and he's going to give us a review of this book you know because so many people read it these i mean this book made so much money the movies made so much money well that... and it was sort of it was an introduction to many people about like, you know, ideas around BDSM, right? right. Like, right. Uh, and dominance and submission and the eroticism of that and, you know, sadism and masochism and all of these things. And so it really created, um, you know, sort of a cultural awakening for better or for worse. And I have a suspicion that we'll probably end up talking about that at some point in the review <laughs> <laughs> around, you know, some of these things. But either way, it certainly started a dialogue. So in that way, I do think it's a good place to start. I agree with you wholeheartedly. And so when we come back, we are going to introduce you to our first field correspondent here at the University of Pleasure. And we are going to go deep diving into Greg reviews straight erotica when we come back. Welcome back, folks. And as promised, we are going to our field consultant, Gregory Walzak. Now, the thing about this is, we really didn't have anywhere to send Greg because the entire <laughs> world is shut down. So the only thing that we could do with our field consultant was to have him uh, review this book, which we were talking about earlier. Greg, real quick, why don't you just roll off your qualifications for being a uh, field consultant? I think he's frozen. 
Oh, oh there okay. He is. And so you guys froze, and I was like, I don't know if he ended his statement. Yes. So, so uh, you, yeah, your your you were the statement was, uh, what are your qualifications for all of our millions of listeners uh, for being a field consultant for the University of Pleasure? Um, let's see. Currently, I am jobless, um, <laughs> and so I am bored. Good. Uh, Good. I am very opinionated, and I don't know how to shut up about stuff. Okay. I think that's. I feel I like mean, those are great qualifications. I find mm-hmm. they're really great qualifications. You pass my test, and I am a really hard, you know, nose to the grindstone, goes through people's resumes, reads a lot, does a lot of background research. Would you agree with that, Doc? No. Okay. N- not in any way, shape, or form. I <laughs> it feel was like vigorous most... interview process. What was that? Was it? It was. A, it was quite a, a vigorous interview process. I have to say. Yeah. See. Told you, Doc. It was a yeah, whole bottle it... of whiskey. <laughs> so, okay. Well, so did, Jeremiah, did you just call him and ask him? Is that, how did it happen? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was pretty much that. Over a few drinks. I was like, how does it like to be a consultant on the University of Pleasure? And he went, yeah. And then I was like, great. And then I called you and uh, the uh, thing was complete. You know, the whole the whole transfer of yeah. like information. What I... What I enjoy most about working with you, Jeremiah, is your rigor for process. I yeah. really, yeah. <laughs> really impressive. Mm-hmm. So we're really excited because we gave him the job. And as we we're talking about earlier, this is a book that you know, we understand. We said it earlier. We're a little late to the game here. We're, you know, we know that this book has been around for a really, really long time. And, you know, it's probably the most widely read piece of erotic fiction. But we really wanted to get Greg's opinion on this book. Yeah. Would you agree with that, Doc? Yeah, I would. I want your perspective, your lens, your view on Fifty Shades of Grey. So I'm excited for it. I really am, too. I am very excited. So you're in for a treat. <laughs> first of all, give us, give us, if you could, your immediate impression in one word, Fifty Shades of Grey, go. Can't be one word, but it can be one phrase. Okay. Hated it. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to go well. <laughs> okay. I'm excited. I'm excited already. <laughs> All right. So, hated it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Um. So can you give us a brief summary of the book, please? Um, yes. So there is a young college student um, who, um, through certain circumstances, ends up crossing paths with this eccentric, young, handsome billionaire. And a relationship develops between the two of them. And it's the journey of this relationship that is chronicled in this book and i hear other ones but i have not read those yet yet is the key yeah. word okay yeah i know i'm going to have to read them hell <laughs> by the tone in my voice how excited i am about this venture but as i said i am gainfully unemployed and very bored so <laughs> now is the best time to embrace this and that's how we like yeah. all of our consultants very bored yeah. and gainfully unemployed yeah <laughs> so let's go into a few just little little questions little give us a little information about the book here what did you think of the overall character development of the book like how did you feel about the characters yes i'm very interested in this one um, the characters, I mean, first and foremost, I liked all of them except Mr. Gray, because I just don't know if there is a 28-year-old Greek god billionaire out there for the average woman as it's <laughs> by, um, geez, I can't even remember her name now. It's terrible. That's how Anastasia. much I know you love the book. Isn't it Anna, is it Anastasia? Is that what it is? Yes, Anastasia. Yes. Yes. See, I did my homework. Jeremiah, did you read the book? Are you did out you of come... your mind? Did I read the book? <laughs> did you come prepared? Of course he I watched... came prepared. I read the back flap. 
Oh, good guy. Okay. And and so I mean I appreciate where the characters come from because again this is fiction I understand, um, but uh, the characters kind of develop in a way. Well, all the characters develop in a way except really Mr. Gray, which he just that's part of the I guess allure is that he's this man of mystery, but. I didn't really enjoy that part of it very much. Um, I'm not, I guess I'm not one into mystery. Oh, so um, you wanted a little bit more background into Mr. Gray. Would you have found Mr. Gray a bit sexier if you knew like, you know, that he was in like, you know, commodity trading or something like that? No, I would have found Mr. Gray sexier because what I think is sexy is like that soft underbelly that very few people get to see of someone else. And you don't ever really get to see any soft underbelly of uh, Mr. Gray throughout this entire book. Okay, fair enough. I mean, but I like that point, right? Like, that's a good point, because we've talked many times in the show, Jeremiah, about how vulnerability is necessary for good sex and hot sex. And vulnerability is something that can be incredibly hot and arousing to people. Thank you for making my point, Greg. I appreciate that. Absolutely. (laughs) And and it's it's absolutely true because if you get to see a side of someone that no one else does, that's super hot. Like, you know, like you know, you're like, I am dialed into this person, I got their number, I know the buttons to push, and only I get that privilege. Like that is awesome. Um, awesome. But yeah, here I was just kind of like, Okay, I could go online and like rent a boy and get the same kind of experience from Someone that's, you know, from Russia, and I wouldn't know the difference between that and and a 28-year-old, you know, year old billionaire that has too much money and time on his hands. Fair enough. And here at the University of Pleasure, we are not condoning renting boys. Um, <laughs> thank that, you, Jeremiah. I just want to make that very clear. However, thank you for the analogy. It was brilliant. <laughs> okay. Which is funny that you guys are all talking about this. Because I'm totally fine, like, meeting a woman and knowing absolutely nothing about her other than, like, her name and that we're buddies and that we can get along a little bit and have some fun sex. But, you know, it's everybody to their own. Right, Doc? Isn't that what we always say? Yeah. Everybody has different levels of eroticism around different things. Yeah. I'm not trying to say that I want people to be vapid, but I don't need the underbelly. You know what I mean? I just don't need it for me to enjoy myself. So, Jeremiah, are you saying that uh, a lack of depth is is something that's real congruent with, you know, just your speed? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. Qu- <laughs> <laughs> I have the doc now. Yeah. Uh, so, is that kind of a men are from Mars, women are from Venus kind of thing, where women enjoy more of the soft underbelly, and men are kind of like, eh, it's okay, but it's not. I don't think that that's necessarily I mean, I think there are obviously gender stereotypes, but I think that that's just like a person specific thing. I mean, in this case, I think it's really about Jeremiah's preference, probably more holistically for a lack of depth. There it is. And thank you. And by the way, Greg, don't be asking questions. We're asking you questions. All right. Don't come in here and start asking questions. It it lets me be a better correspondent. It does. I appreciate his questions. I don't like where this is going. How the full team works. (laughs) Because when I get out there for the live interviews post-COVID, and that will happen, I'm going to hit Minneapolis pretty hard as the first city, I think, uh, when I get to go out live. Then I I need to be aware of these things. Yeah, I think I like the questions. I think it's good. I think, you know, any time too where i and someone else can gang up on jeremiah really as well (laughs) just a real it's a real joy for me it's a real pleasure you know i get so much pleasure individually but sharing it with another person is just (laughs) it just means more than especially during this holiday season that's what i was gonna say giving thanks and sharing this is the most appropriate time to do something like this i get you I love our new correspondent, Greg. Jeremiah, (laughs) I love our new correspondent, Greg. (laughs) I'm so glad you do. That's great. Let's get back on topic, please. Back on topic. (laughs) (laughs) The only time he has ever cared about getting back on topic. (laughs) (laughs) Enough about me, really. Okay. Yes, yes. (laughs) 
Yes. Okay. Back to our questions. How did you feel about the storyline overall, Greg? How did you feel about the flow? Um, I was actually very excited about the storyline because it almost is kind of like a, it was like a modern day, like, you know, like Cinderella Prince kind of thing, which I was like, oh, cool. We're going to do that, but just make it super sexy. Um, and as I read through it, like the read was good. Like it's easy. It's like, it's not like taxing on your brain. So you can like, if you just want to kind of sit back, relax, like, oh, this is good. Have a little glass of wine, do a little reading, put yourself in a mood that is perfect. Um, so overall, like, I'm sure that I will be able to easily read all the rest of the books. I'm just curious to see where or if the characters develop in a better way than uh, than they have in the first book. And I get it just because like any other, you know, it's like this is why George Lucas started with Star Wars Episode four, because when you saw the first episode of Star Wars, you were like, this is so boring. They just have to explain a bunch of stuff. Nobody likes exposition. <laughs> I Everyone agree. Get right to the action. Get and so, to it. So, yeah. So maybe I am, you know, judging it because the author is actually starting from square one as opposed to like square four and then doing the prequel to it. But I don't know, because, uh, again, I'm not familiar enough. If, is there even a prequel to Fifty Shades of Grey? Is there like 49? I have no idea. I mean, I didn't do any research in this. So I don't. Yeah, Jeremiah came completely unprepared. I think there's, I don't know that there's a prequel, but I do think that there's like one from like his perspective, like Christian Gray's perspective, like, because this book, right, is written from Anastasia's voice. Yeah. Like, yes. it's been a while since I read it. It's been a good, I don't know. I read it, it came out in 2011. So I don't know, around that time is when I read it. So I think, yeah, I think that she came out with one that's like from his perspective, but I don't know if it's necessarily a prequel. I think it's just... So, Doc, you were the one that put it on the bestseller list for so long. Uh, me, yes, me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know, I, I actually I like really, I didn't enjoy actually the character that, like, I had a hard time with the characters in this book. I also, again, I want to ask you because I had a hard time with the chemistry of the characters in the book. What did you think about the chemistry of Anastasia and Mr. Gray? Oh, I thought it was all one-sided like to the point where she didn't know what chemistry was and she was just being completely manipulated by Mr. Gray and and he it was just kind of all very like he was completely taking advantage of her the entire book yeah and I, I didn't think any of that was sexy like like I don't and and again I don't know enough like I'd really be curious to hear from a actual like sub kind of person like someone that has been in a relationship like that but part of me just feels that the way it's portrayed in the book is can't be accurate because it seemed more abusive than sexy to me oh right okay. Doc, well, what that, do you think of them apples i think it's a very fair review in that way because that is there was a lot of controversy right around this book and particularly people within the bdsm community right like to your point greg talking about that they didn't feel like this was a fair represent like representation of bdsm like look so for instance like like, you know, a joke might like, like something common that you might hear people say, like that maybe engage in like uh, dominance and submission is sort of the joke of like, well, everyone knows that the subs have all the power, right? Because right. they're the ones that get to decide what does and doesn't happen because they sort of have ultimate yes or no. But like that, that, you know, there's lots of critiques about the ways that BDSM was done in this book, including like, you know, permission and like, you know, boundaries and the way that they talked about things like basically it wasn't done well and it wasn't done in a way that was like felt consensual to a lot of people that practice this and that were readers. But definitely some that that lack of sort of power that the female character has in this book was was something that was absolutely under critique. And I felt the same way. What about you, Jeremiah? Uh, they didn't show a lot of that in the trailer, so I didn't get to. uh <laughs> <laughs> didn't didn't go as in depth in that as uh maybe in the book. 
that in a minute, 30 seconds. Yeah. And, I, you know, I love that he was like, it's really easy to read. And, you know, you could sit back with a glass of wine and a mood and get yourself there and blah, blah, blah. I was like, that is my kryptonite. Like, legitimately, I think I'd rather be in the teeth of a great white shark than sitting with a book and reading. But anyway, that's just me. And and, and, and you know what? That's not saying that other people can't enjoy it in that way. So I just want to make that very clear. I do. I condone reading. I do not. <laughs> I condone it. I think it's great for everybody I'm else. glad that here at the University of Pleasure, my co-host, Jeremiah, condones reading. <laughs> <laughs> like every great educational institution, I'm happy that he has voiced that support of reading. <laughs> You're welcome, world. You're welcome. Now, I want to know, this is a nitty gritty question that I have for you, Greg. Okay. Did you think the sex scenes were hot? Okay, two answers to that. Okay. Initially, no, because of my underlying feeling that although the sub is the person in control, it wasn't presented that way. But I also thought, too, okay, if someone had had more experience and then had been like, hey, I want to become a sub and learn what it's like to relinquish my you know myself to someone else and they had a full understanding of what they were getting into then it was super hot but i think in the book there's no chance for anastasia she she just doesn't know what she doesn't know and so it's like so she doesn't know what's right or wrong or so she can't feel comfortable enough with with what's happening so then it loses its eroticism for me because that's where it felt more abusive than hot. Okay. All right, Doc. I think that was a very well thought out answer. What do you think? I do. I feel like that was a very well thought out critique, sort of that idea that like, you know, in order to lose yourself into something, you need to feel safe, right? And part of what helps people feel safe is understanding, right? Like taking the time to like build understanding. Like we've talked in so many episodes about like, hey, let's say your partner presents you with something that feels a little kinky to you or outside of your comfort level. Like why talk about it? Why have communication about it? Well, because understanding it more effectively helps you then lose yourself in that moment, have that capacity to be like just present with it rather than being like, okay, this is happening. What does this mean? Why is this happening? Am I having a good time? I don't know. Am I is it good? I'm not sure. Right. Like that sort of chronic self-analysis that can happen when you have no idea what the F is happening <laughs> right. in a situation. So, I mean, I think it's a super fair critique. And, and I think too, and, and that's where there was the one nugget of character development that we get for uh, Mr. Gray, where you find out about his, previous experience where then he was like well i was a sub it's like oh okay great let's learn about that i'm still waiting (laughs) (laughs) now i'm sure it will happen in one of the next three four i don't even know how many books are in the series i'm sorry people i didn't do my homework um because i literally could stop reading now and not have to continue just (laughs) on a personal level but I will now do this for all of the listeners because if someone's going to go through this pain, it shouldn't be you. It should be me. You know, well, thank you. That is really, you're a giver. And I, I, am. I respect that about you. I thank am. you. That's what I do. I would like to know what was your favorite part of the book? If you could say, like, my favorite part of the book was dot, dot, dot. Oof. Um, hmm. My favorite part of the book. Oh, geez. See, I wish you had stumped him. Preemptive. Well, because like I'm now kind of flipping through the pages again and seeing like, okay. Because like I can tell you what I didn't like about it. Very (laughs) easy, of course. But I can't. I was like, favorite part of the book. Well, to be quite honest, I think probably the favorite part of the book for me was when we did get those little nuggets about um, Christian's background, like, uh, like meeting his parents and seeing that dynamic when he's at the house where, because he's, he's the mystery that I wanted solved in that book. 
And that's probably coming from the perspective of a gay man that I could care less about Anastasia's like needs and wants as a female. I just want to know what's so hot about this guy. Um, and I have been reserving the right to watch the movie until after we had this conversation, because now I know who Jamie Dorian is that plays the character. Yeah, he's a good actor. I like that guy. And, and I totally hope that maybe I see some stuff that he has chosen to do that makes the character a little more well-rounded than what the book kind of describes. But I did like those parts where we find out more background about who this guy is because he's just so unbelievable. Okay. I mean, like in a good way, but just unbelievable. Now you had uh, mentioned something about being, you know, a gay man and, uh, you know, not being really into what, how about, how about yeah, tell people that though? What's that? Don't tell people that. No, nobody knows. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I just wanted I don't to know. Maybe the, maybe the title of the segment, Greg reviews straight porn was <laughs> <laughs> too bold, too bold. We might want to well, dial that no. back. Sorry, Greg. Uh, well, yeah, straight porn. I'm not reviewing gay porn. Cause I don't, you know, like, Come on, guys. Really? <laughs> no. Okay. Well, being a gay man. Oh, yeah. How okay. did it, you know, how do you feel that your identity as a gay man influenced your review of this book, if at all? Um, you know, it's kind of weird because I tried to see both sides of the story. Like, I wanted to like this book. I figured it had to have had some merit because, again, it was on the bestseller list for forever and women were going gaga over it. I can't tell you how many hags were like, oh, my God, have you read this yet? I have a copy. I'm like, I don't need 72 copies of this book. And <laughs> and, I wanna... and so, like, OK, I mean, not to say that I have 72 hags because that's that's not right. I want to go on the record and say the University of Pleasure is not really endorsing the word hags. But... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the politically correct term is. Sorry, guys, you're not going to get that. That's why Minneapolis is going to hate me, and that's fine. Um, but, but yeah, so I try to look at it from, because, like, being a gay man, like, there's that stereotype for us where it's like, you know, we could just hook up wherever, and it's no big deal because men just, again, like what we were referring to earlier, we don't need the soft underbelly. Um, but then I thought women were going to like it and was like eroticized because there was more of that buildup and more of that tension that then there was this enormous release. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, I got more of like almost the male perspective of things the way it was written than like the the female perspective, at least of what was in my mind. And so being a gay man, having, you know, stereotypically, of course, having, you know, in touch with both sides of my feminine and masculine persona, I felt more leaning towards like, oh, like, I'm surprised more dudes didn't like this book than women. Well, we'd have to read it. That's the problem. Or, <laughs> right. Or, what or would like, that mean? And or, what would that mean about masculinity? Right? Like if a if a if a man read this book, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I and can't to, and, dead with this book. Right. Yeah. And to be fair, I know lots of like straight identified men, right, that did read this book and they did think it was hot, but they weren't like touting it, right? Because of go. all sorts of right. All sorts of stereotypes and That's stigma exactly around right. like what that might mean. That's right. Right. And I'm giving you credit, Jeremiah, that I know you didn't read it. Pro maybe not for those reasons, but I'm assuming it's because you just hate reading, as you have established. That's correct. I just read it because it's what you just said. Reading is not, you know, it's if it if it has to do with reading, I wait for the movie and then I've got to find time for the movie, if that makes any sense. And mm -hmm. uh, I still haven't made that time. I probably should have because obviously the interview was coming up, but I didn't. Anyway, yeah, yeah not a reader per se, you know, I'm more I of a magazine skimmer. You know okay. what I mean? Like I like pictures. This book didn't have a lot well, of pictures. I probably would have well, read it if it had more pictures. Some great pictures in this book. Are there pictures? No, I said there would have been some great pictures yeah. in this book. <laughs> That's a different thing that than I probably would have read it. Yeah. Well, no, I'm lying. I, have... I wouldn't have read it anyway. I right. have 
seen the movie. I'm really struggling. I know you're going to watch the movie, it sounds like. And I'm not, I don't want to ruin anything, but I I had a hard time with the film. I had a hard time. <laughs> it was like the least erotic thing I've ever seen. It was like I've seen Lifetime movies that are sexier. <laughs> film. The chemistry was like you had two like these super stereotypically attractive people and like they might as well have been like, I don't know, like cleaning a ditch together. Like it was like just like, the least sexy. There was like some type of weird vortex between the two of them that like removed all chemistry. I don't know what it was. The movie's still gross. By the way, like, why is this like popular? Why are we talking about it? Like these movies, like I think when the movies grossed over a billion dollars. Oh, yeah. Or oh, yeah. Something. That I know. I did look that up. They, right. they gross a lot right. of money and the books. Lots yeah. Of money. So like clearly, I mean, you were talking, Greg, earlier. I was thinking about it when you were talking about like, you know, how would this actually be represented like in the BDSM community comparative to this book? Like part of the reason that you know, having those dialogues about like, what might it look like an actual practice versus in this book is because this book was an enormous deal. And that was one of the first things that really popularized and made okay, the capacity to talk about these types of interests, right? These type of sexual interests, or mm. these types of sexual, like, um, you know, arousals and fantasies that people might have, which in that way made it great, right? Like it made it easier for people to talk about and more acceptable. But in certain ways, it also wasn't so helpful in that it was also representing it in a way that might actually be kind of problematic, right? Because a lot of people that do practice these things are doing so very thoughtfully, very carefully with a lot of consent and dialogue. And right. so it's this like, mm -hmm. it's this kind of like uh, positive and negative benefits of like this book. Anyway, sorry, that was a tangent, but. You know what, it was well, a good tangent and I respect it. It's a really great way to lead into our final question for our new correspondent at the University of Pleasure. Would you recommend this book? Heartfelt, say hard pass no. Hard Sorry. Pass. I, 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 yeah, I, why not? Why, why not? not? Now tell us why. Um, well, okay, let me qualify that. I would say no, unless you were someone that was like sexually aware or you know like curious like i don't want just a like hey yeah like the casual reader picks this up because i think that they that the wrong impression was just completely given by this book um and and i and i don't want that to be perpetuated because as we know in this day and age it's very easy to influence people with um, perhaps some untruths that um, are occurring. And I don't want to get all heavy and stuff, but it's, I mean, for the read that it was, it was good, but it wasn't great that you have to read it. Okay, you know? and, you're, and, and, and this goes also, back to like your concerns about like consent and everything like that you're talking about, right? Yeah, and I don't know if maybe I'm influenced too, because when the book came out long, long ago, there was no hashtag me too, but I kind of feel now that some of the women that read it and got all excited about it when it first came out, then this like me too movement came out and I'm like, that seems to be very, the book seems to me very anti me too, the way it is written. And, and I don't, and I, so I don't want people, you know, to read that and be like, oh, and get the same bad taste in, in my mouth that I got. Although knowing full well that I have an open enough mind to be like, I would love to talk to someone who's actually in the community and be like, okay, am I crazy to think the way that I did? Or am I partially like crazy? Or like, am I in full agreement with someone who is like an active participant in that community? That piqued my interest. Um, but I also made that choice because I've been sexually active on both sides of the fence for, you know, quite a while now. So it's kind of like, oh, I have the maturity level to do that. So mm -hmm. I don't want just, you know, little Jane who's living, you know, her perfect life to read this and be, <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Oh, I thought I could keep that one down. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I was like, no, no, please, no, please. And ah. there's the review. <laughs> yeah. And I just threw up a little bit in my floor. No. Uh, um, <laughs> 
<laughs> I just, I, yeah, I, I feel that it's, it, it should be looked at from a more, I guess, open-minded perspective than I, than I give readers credit for. Okay. And well, I, can I, sorry, uh, Grandma. he's just making really good points. Like, even though this was like clearly like I guess a bottle of whiskey that you two decided to do this, I'm very impressed with Greg, and I he's making good points. Can I say Wait something? Wait, impressed with Greg? What about me? I mean, I don't know. You're, I didn't read. I mean, the you're book, here. But... You're here. You found him. I'm impressed with you. And <laughs> thank you. <laughs> the luck, the luck that you've had. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate that. Thank you. Um, no, I think like it is really complicated because like by no means like this book was really hot to a lot of people. Right. And it was like be part of the reason that people like read this book is because it felt acceptable. Right. Because their neighbor was reading it. Their friend was reading it. Right. And it was like, oh, tee hee hee. Like, oh, what a what a fun laugh. Right. Like, I'm going to read this book. OK, well, you read all three girls. So I think that maybe. <laughs> yeah, it was a little bit more than a. <laughs> Maybe it was something more than a passing interest, right? Like clearly something was arousing erotic. And I want to say like, it's fantasy. So that's great. That's okay. Like, I don't want like people that are listening to be like, well, I thought it was hot. What's wrong with me? Like, of course it's hot. Like it is hot. A lot of the stuff that people are talking about in it uh, is that it is, you know, like they're hot ideas, they're fun ideas, they're sexy ideas, but it's being able to your point, Greg, to balance that against also like balancing fantasy against like what in real time then would also be appropriate. Right. And right. you have that capacity to do both. Right. Like I can read this and be like, that's fucking hot. That's sexy. I really would enjoy that. And hey, probably would want to have some dialogues if we really did do that in real time. And like, Exactly. I think that's that was the missing part where I almost wished like because now that just kind of triggered like I almost wished that again, it would change the entire span of the book, but that. I'd be curious to see what would happen if like the original premise is the way that the, t the two of them meet is that Anastasia is filling in for her roommate to do an interview with uh, Christian Gray for the, uh, the college newspaper. Now, the girl that she her roommate that she replaces. Now, I think she would have been super hot because she was also sexually aware of who she is and and was like. Like yeah, there's I'd probably a be interested more, in the roommate. There's a yeah, there's a little more like like where it's I mean, she may make a terrible sub because she's such an outspoken woman like that. That may not just be for her, but at least there'd be an understanding where if she let herself go, that would have been hotter to me because she's changing like what she knows of herself to try something new, which that's hot. Okay. Where Anastasia just was like, I just don't know. So I'm going to like. It's like, okay, I don't know if, you know, it's like, I'm trying to think how to compare. Like, if I don't, if I don't know if I, like, if, let's say, and again, I'm not condoning that we all do drugs or anything like that, but it's not like, hey, if I don't know, I want to just take the edge off. I'm not going to jump to crystal meth the first time. <laughs> I perhaps may start with something a little subtler and just be like, oh, okay, great. Where this to me was like, we just went in from zero to a hundred and the poor girl's just drowning. Yeah. And zero to crystal. It sounds like it's zero, zero yes, to crystal. It zero to crystal <laughs> in like 4.5 seconds. It's a, it's a fair point. If I may, like, I love, I, I think that you're making a lot of fair points, but if I may do it, just like a quick teaching moment, just because I think it's important around BDSM or sort of dominant submissive dynamics, um, you, there are a lot of people who in their personal lives might be actually fairly dominant in their personalities, but really enjoy being submissive because like in a sexual dynamic, because it allows them to kind of feel like a little bit more free or gives them a break from the way, right? There's some escapism in it. So that was just more to your point around like the roommate having a more dominant personality and maybe she would have been a bad sub. She may have been actually someone that really enjoyed that. So that's just more of a, just a, well, yeah. And if that's a more accurate portrayal, then that would have been cooler to me, like as an introduction to a perhaps a taboo topic at the time, then that would have been, I think, a better route to go. Um, that still would have been as hot, but just, you know, a little more based in reality, perhaps. OK, right. so let's get into the nitty gritty here, Greg. All right. Mm -hmm. On a rating scale. For you, I was thinking like a rating scale for Greg on this would be like 
one out of four fingers of a glass of whiskey, right? What do you think? So on a scale of one to four on a glass of whiskey of fingers, does everybody know what that means? Doc, you understand what I'm saying here? I I don't know that I love this rating scale. Why? (laughs) What did Greg, what do you think would be, we need to give you a rating scale. Like, what do you think you would like? I thought it was great. Five out of five, what? Hmm. Um, let's see. I, I don't know. What's a good rating scale? Um, well, let's run with Jeremiah's idea for now. <laughs> uh, oh, well, uh, but I reserve the right to to alter the scale as it presents itself. It has to be organic. I can't. Yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not for nothing's popping into my head. But believe you me, probably by next Wednesday, I'll be like, oh, why didn't I use that as a scale instead? And then we'll change it. Good. It can so, be, a, maybe it's an evolving scale, you know? It could be. Good. <laughs> your, Jeremiah's idea sucks. <laughs> I'm not saying it's good or bad. It just, you know, room for improvement. <laughs> right. All right. So on a scale of one to four fingers of a glass of whiskey, go for it, Greg. Um, this only being the first review, um, I, I will give it because there were some enjoyable parts a one out of four fingers for me. Wow. One out of four fingers of whiskey. Not I, I got a high bar. I'm sorry. Yeah, not, but I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you. The the reviews of this book originally, like if you go back and read them, they were not good. <laughs> like, yeah. For kind of <laughs> an original, a, I guess. Like for a lot of the reasons that Greg is describing, they were they were this was not a piece of like literary magic. Like as someone that's read a lot of erotic fiction there and we'll have you read some of them Greg. I personally just even from our literary writing perspective, there's a lot more strong works out there. From my opinion, th- it is really fascinating. This is kind of to me one of these right place right time. How this one became the one that was huge blows my mind. I have read I have read some amazing erotic fiction that's both hot and really well written like you're like this person knows how to write well you know yeah well i am really excited because greg's next book that he'll be reviewing oh my god can i tell him about it please doc lay i don't know so this is like christmas is coming early for me right i put i picked this one because it makes me so happy so thank you jeremiah i know that i'm i know that i'm really pulling a lot away from you (laughs) it's fine i'll allow it i want you to read a little known book Written by Judy Bloom. Do you remember who Judy Bloom was? I do. Right. Uh, 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 hey, God, it's me, Margaret. Right. Wasn't, yeah. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Right. Like she wrote a lot about like young girls and going through puberty and adolescence. And then I think she also wrote. Did she write Tales of Fourth Grade Nothing? Was that Judy Bloom? Oh, maybe. Uh, is that she wrote a lot of books. Like, You're going to notice that I'm quiet because, I mean, first of all, we're talking about books. Yes. Tales of Fourth Grade Nothing, right? Like, yes. she wrote a lot. She's very known for writing, like, YA, like, young adult or, like, adolescent sort of fiction. She wrote, let's, what was the year? Can you, like, she wrote an erotic fiction book yeah. called Wifey. It's called Wifey. And it was written in, I think, the 70s, like, let me find the, I got to find the date. Like, what is the date of it? I think it was like the late seventies, maybe early eighties, but the seventies, she wrote an erotic fiction called wifey, which I have read. And Jeremiah is going to read. I think, can you find it on audio? Oh, I'll find it on audible. I'll find it. (laughs) Can you find it? It is filthy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I hope you can find it on audible. And I hope that Helen Mirren is the, (laughs) because if she reads erotica, I don't care how stupidly written it is. Like, I would have liked this book more if Helen Mirren did an audio uh, version of it. Just listening to her voice read about erotica would have made it, would have given it two fingers at least as a bare minimum on my scale. But yes, we'll see how white. Oh, I'm very excited about this. I am super excited about Judy Bloom's wifey. It All right. Happier than anything in the world that she wrote it. And just to see what your review is. <laughs> I have my own feelings, but we won't ruin anything. Well, yeah, yeah, we'll save that for next time. And next and... time, Jeremiah will come prepared. He will have at no, least I listened. Won't. You're out of your mind. You think I'm going to sit and read a book? <laughs> You're listening. It's an audio book. Uh, I'll find it. Don't I'll find an audio version of it. Don't you literally read books for like a living, Jeremiah? Yeah, I do. But I'm <laughs> reading the book and and I'm performing. It's a very different thing, Doc. Don't you know what? Don't. 
get off of me, okay? It's not my thing. I'm not a big fan of reading, though I highly condone it for others. I just, it's not my thing. I struggle with it. Anyway, the point it is- It doesn't need to be your thing. I'm just talking. It's fine that you don't I know. I feel like books. you're read shaming me. Like it's that I, I don't- no. I'm not read shaming you. I'm listen shaming you. You can listen to the books beforehand. Oh, you need to be a part of the so dialogue, Jeremiah. Why can't I just ask the questions? <clears throat> Fine. All okay. Right. Well, I would like to say thank you to Greg for being our very <laughs> first correspondent at the University of Pleasure. We're so happy that you are unemployed and bored and are willing to work at the University of Pleasure for exactly the aspect of no money and uh, not being bored so thank you so much greg thank you for taking thank the time you, and greg. reading that book hey nice because i would have never read the book nor done all that work so thank you so much for doing that and uh thank you to all of our listeners here at the university of pleasure we appreciate you listening and checking in and hopefully we uh bringing you a little bit of pleasure in these very difficult times thank you to all of those people who are keeping us safe out there uh all of you First responders, doctors, and nurses, in light of all that is going on, please know that you are appreciated on high from all of us here at the University of Pleasure um, for keeping us safe and doing your due diligence to help those in need. And thank you to my partner in crime, the doc, because she, I know, is helping so many people in these difficult times. And uh, I am grateful for all that you do for so many, doc, and for all that you do for so many here on the University of Pleasure, because if you weren't here... I don't think that people would necessarily want a degree from this university if it was just me. So <laughs> thank you so much, Doc, for being my partner in crime here and bringing such joy and pleasure to so many people. And uh, we will be talking to you all very soon. So thank you so much, Doc, and thank you to Greg. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, guys. Doc didn't even say thank you to me. That's fine. Anyway, oh, we'll you. see Jeremiah, you all. Too Jeremiah, late. It's too late. Jeremiah, thank you. I appreciate you. I appreciate that you give me an hour a week where I get to be really kind of mean to someone. <laughs> 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 and you're such a good sport about it because you know it's all in good fun. That's right. <laughs> I spend all week being really thoughtful and nice. And what I would say is a very authentic way but you know every once in a while you know i just need a little a little relief <laughs> <laughs> i'm so glad i could give that to you <laughs> take care everybody and we'll talk to you all soon bye bye this episode of the university of pleasure was produced directed and edited by me jeremiah james it was written by dr tara jansen and me jeremiah james the University of Pleasure theme music was written by the incomparable Robert Felstein. And special thanks to our new associate producer, Kyle Binkley. And please remember, we want to be as inclusive as possible of the diverse experiences of others here at the University of Pleasure. So please email us your suggestions for topics that might be suited to you directly, questions, feedback, or just really great sex stories at contact at universityofpleasure.com. <laughs> <laughs>